Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you because you brought us to this wonderful church, to your service, to your temple, to keep being little lights for the world to see. Help us to always shine and show others your love, your mercy, your guidance, and may we also be lights for our children as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John 15.4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We worship God with our resources and as a response to a call to bear fruits. John the Baptist appealed to those who were coming to him for baptism by saying, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. For John, baptism and being part of God's people was not sufficient. The Gospel of Luke shares some concrete examples of the fruit of repentance, and that is that John the Baptist gave to those who came to him. He asked the tax collectors not to collect any more than was required. He exhorted the soldiers not to extort, extort money and be content with your pay. And he commanded the crowd to share their second shirt and food with those who did not have any. That's found in Luke 3, 10 to 12, 14. These examples reported by Luke have something in common. They are related to one's attitude towards finances and material possessions. Fruit of repentance compromises being careful about the means used to obtain resources and using our resources to bless others. As we reflect on the need to bear fruit of repentance in our material life, let us apply the advice of Jesus, remain in me as I also remain in you. The results could be beyond expectation. This week, as we worship with our tithe and regular offerings, we can bear fruits of repentance as well. I ask our little deacons to pass to the front so we can pray for our offerings. This week, it's going to be for our local church budget. And I think they're coming on their way. <laughs> so we can just wait for them to come to the front. Okay, and let us pray. Wait, we're going to pray first for the offerings. Okay, let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you because you've given us this wonderful opportunity to give back to you. And we, we do it with willing hearts and open to also receive forgiveness and to forgive others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Let us continue worshiping our Lord. We will do it with hymn 539. And this is a wonderful hymn for us to remember that as we are little, even from, for our children that are small, since an early age, to always seek our Savior, to always find Him anywhere we go, early in the morning, and also in an early age, to be able to be closer to Him, for He loves us. Oh, yes, He does. I will early seek the Savior, I will learn of Him each day, I will follow in His footsteps, I will walk the narrow way, for He loves me, yes He loves me, Jesus loves me, this I know, Jesus loves me, died to save me, this is why I so I attend when he bids me I am not too young to go in the pathway where he leads me not too young his will to know for he loves me yes he loves me Jesus loves me this I know Jesus loves me died to save me this is why I love him so. He is standing at the doorway of escape from every sin. I will knock for he has promised he will hear and let me in. For he loves me, yes he loves me, Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me, died to save me, this is why I love him so. Amen. What a beautiful promise knowing that Jesus has given everything for us. And what a wonderful way to show us that he loves us. And the best way we can show him that we love him too is by giving everything back to him. And a way that he has shown us his love is through his banner. His banner over me is love. My, some of you might know it. If not, I invite you to sing with us. If the children know it, I invite them to sing very loudly to also sing and share with everyone about it. it this song reminds us of the different ways that God has show, is showing us our, his love throughout uh, the day, throughout our lives. So I invite you to sing it together. His banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am his, his banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am his, his banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am his, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting his banner over me is love he brought me to his banqueting table his banner over me is love he brought me to his banqueting table his banner over me is love 
Lifted me up to heavenly places, his banner over me is love. He lifted me up into heavenly places, his banner over me is love. He lifted me up into heavenly places, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. The vine and we are the branches his banner over me is love he is the vine and we are the branches his banner over me is love he is the vine and we are the branches his banner over me is love his banner over me is love Jesus is the rock of my his banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. His banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. There's one way to peace through the power of the cross. His banner over me is love. There's one way to the peace through the power. His banner over me is love. And there's one way to the power of the cross. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Amen. So many different ways that God has shown us that He love his banner over us is love amen i invite kensani to come to the front let us pray dear heavenly father as we come to you right now please help that we may have a good service and that everything may go well in your name i pray amen As part of our worship this morning, we have um, each of our classes, our children's division, that are going to have a presentation to show you about what their children have been learning throughout this past months in class. And so this time we invite our kindergarten and our beginner class. It's their time to present to you what they have learned and to also share what, with you what um, our teachers have been working hard to uh, teach the children throughout the last couple of months. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Welcome to Children's Sabbath. Before our little ones come up, I would just like to give you a glimpse of what we've been up to in our Sabbath school class. Um, 
by God's grace, our Sabbath school, which is the zero to five class, the beginner's class, is beautifully growing. We are now up to 15 kids, and I don't think we're done growing yet. Um, I'm sure you've noticed all the sweet little tiny babies that we've welcomed into our church recently. Um, As teachers of the beginner's class, we are so privileged to take part in the education and the training of our little children, of these sweet little souls. This quote from Ellen White explains what we are trying to do and the importance and the beauty of this period that our children are in right now. This is from uh, the Ministry of Healing and Child Guidance. Too much importance cannot be placed upon the early training of children. The lessons learned, the habits formed during the years of infancy and childhood have more to do with the formation of the character and the direction of the life than have all the instruction and training of the after years. It is during the first years of a child's life that his mind is most susceptible to impressions either good or evil. During these years, decided progress is made in either a right direction or a wrong direction. Those who love God should feel deeply interested in the children and youth. To them, God can reveal his truth and salvation. Jesus calls the little ones that believe on him the lambs of his, plo- of his flock. He has a special love for and interest in the children. The most precious offerings that the children can give to Jesus is the freshness of their childhood. How interestedly the Lord Jesus knocks at the door of families where there are little children to be educated and trained. How gently he watches over the mother's interest and the father's interest and the church's interest. Um, And how sad he feels to to see children neglected. And this is where we don't want to end up. We want to raise our children in both the Sabbath school class. We want to continue the work that is being done throughout the week, every single day, um, in raising our children. Having read these quotes, we are once again reminded about the importance of our work. While we try to keep our lessons fun, interactive, and educational, and to the point, our goal is not fun. Our goal is not to run around, and sometimes if you walk by the classroom, it might look like a bunch of busy bees and a lot of chaos, but our goal is to keep them involved and interested beyond our Sabbath school class and beyond the early years. As you listen to the kids sing, please ponder about how you can be involved through your support, through your encouragement, and most importantly, through prayer. Our kids, all of them, not just in our class, they need prayer. Right now, our children are sweet little sponges which give us, all together, every member that's sitting here and beyond the church, the chance to influence and educate our children for eternity. I'm really looking forward to the day when we all, every one of us, get to meet Jesus very, very soon. This quarter, we studied kindness. So in um, their songs and everything that we will share with you today, look out for the messages of kindness and see how you can implement them throughout the week.
this um, this song that we just sang <laughs> was about the first lesson of the quarter about Samuel, which teaches that um, through the little duties um, uh, of our daily lives, when the kids, when we serve others, when we serve our family, our neighborhood, or the church, we are also serving God. And one of the crafts we used um, to illustrate that was this uh, string phone. So to illustrate the moment when uh, God calls Samuel. So God has a call for our kids too and for each one of us. Okay, and the second one that we are singing now is about the story about Elijah. Um, so the kids are holding now ravens and to illustrate when uh, they were sending, they were bringing bread to to feed Elijah, okay? And also, this story, uh, this lesson talks about uh, how Jesus cares for us. we have a special guest here we have Carlos you are wondering why he's dressed this way <laughs> it's also for um, in, in each lesson we have we try to illustrate also the the main characters and here we have Priscilla from Samuel's story so he's dressed as the Priscilla <laughs> thank you Carlos <laughs> so the next story is about Elisha um, so we we talk about uh, kindness uh, there was the, the woman that she built the, the room for him. So we also teach our kids that we can be kind to everybody around us and we must be kind as Jesus was. So he's our model and we have to copy him. This world is full of pretty flowers, pretty flowers, pretty flowers. This world is full of pretty flowers. God made it so. God made it so. God made it so. This world is full of pretty Happiness, happiness. 
Thank you so much. This is what we've been working on this last quarter. Good morning, beautiful church. Uh, what an amazing present to the Lord we are here. But also we have another present that they're going to make us happy and take care about the, each little life that we have here in the front with children's. Just a little bit update in what primaries had learned in this previous uh, third quarter. The 13 lessons has been divided in three teams. The first, the first, first lessons talk about learning to serve others. And from lesson five to eight, primary has learned about ways to God help us. Also from lesson 9 to 13, the team was remind them that they are members of God's family. The last five lessons primary has picked the one that had picked uh, the one that they are going to share with, uh, with us today. I really appreciate those parents who have an effort to bring their children early to Sabbath school. It is a blessing for you, for them, and for us as a teachers. Thank you so much. So now is the time for primaries.
All right. So um, our first uh, participation that we have is um, throughout the beginning of the year, actually. Our primaries have a special song that they always sing each Sabbath right before prayer. And it's a way of showing our Lord that we love him and we love him, the Father, the, uh, his Son, and his Holy Spirit. It's called Father, I Adore You. So they will sing that for us right now. They have also been learning the books of the Bible, the, uh, the uh, New Testament. And it actually, it's wonderful to know that uh, each time one of them would learn their full books, the 27 books of the New Testament, they would get a little sticker and a little special something for, um, through our teacher Margie, who was the teacher that was teaching them at the beginning of the year. And it's a work that they've been doing, and each one of them always wanted to come each Sabbath trying to share their full 27 books of the New Testament. And so they have, I'm proud to say that each one of them has their name and their sticker up on the wall. So they're going to repeat those uh, Bible books for all of us to also hear. We will uh, hear from each one of our children a memory verse that they have also learned throughout our 13 Sabbaths. Give them something to eat. Matthew 14, 16. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Matthew 25, verse 23. And of his and of his fullness we have all received in grace for grace. John one verse sixteen. Love each other as I have loved you. John fifteen twelve. Again Jesus says, Do you love me? Take care of my sheep. John twenty one sixteen. 
drinks the water I give him on never first John four fourteen. Amen. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and it will be found. Matthew 7 7. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Revelation 3.11. So these are little things that our children have been learning throughout our um, classes. And we also have prepared a special play for you to see. I do hope we can somewhat see as we'll take up here the stage. They're going to get ourselves ready. So we have been practicing in our classroom, so it's something new to be out here in the front. But uh, as uh, teacher Sonia mentioned, the, the last five lessons we have learned about Joseph's life more than anything. So we're going to portray um, what happened in a brief way uh, for Joseph and with his brothers. But above all, the lesson is how when we forgive others, uh, God's also always there to forgive us. So we should learn to be to give forgiveness and to also receive forgiveness. Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob. He has 10 older brothers and one younger brother. He is deeply loved by his father, and as a sign of love, Jacob gives Joseph a robe of many beautiful colors. His brothers are not happy. In fact, they are jealous. Why does Joseph get a pretty coat and no one else? Joseph not only is the favorite son, he is also special. He has dreams that show him the future. Now his brothers don't like Joseph even more. One day, Joseph goes to visit his brothers in the fields while they attend the sheep. When his brothers see him approach, they get angry and make a plan to get rid of Joseph. When Joseph is near, the brothers take away his beautiful coat of many colors. They tie Joseph's hands and feet, and they throw him in a hole. Later that day, a band of merchants on their way to Egypt pass by. The brothers decide to sell Joseph and send him away.
In Egypt, Joseph is bought by a man named Potiphar. He is the commander of the Pharaoh's army. Joseph works very hard to be a best cleaner in the house. He is quickly noticed by Potiphar's wife. She liked Joseph and wants to invite him to her room. But Joseph knows this is bad. It is a sin to take away another man's wife. So he runs away from Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife becomes very angry and accuses Joseph of doing something bad. Everyone believes Potiphar's wife, so Joseph is sent to jail. In jail, Joseph meets two prisoners. They both have strange dreams and tell Joseph about them. Joseph can understand dreams, and soon what he says comes true. The cupbearer returns to the palace while the baker is hung. But many years pass, and Joseph is still in jail. One day, the pharaoh has two dreams, and no one can interpret them, not his wise men or magicians. Then the cupbearer remembers Joseph and tells pharaoh, Pharaoh asks for Joseph to come to his presence to tell him about his dreams. Pharaoh explains his dream. There were seven fat cows eating by the Nile River. Then seven skinny cows came out of the Nile and ate the seven fat cows, but they, they remained skinny. Then seven healthy heads of grain were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven thin and ugly heads of grain sprouted and swallowed the seven healthy heads. What is the meaning of my dream? Pharaoh asked. Joseph replied, the dreams are two in the same. They mean that Egypt will have seven plentiful years where there will be enough food for everyone. But then seven years of famine will follow and everything will dry up. There won't be food for anyone. What can we do? asked Pharaoh. We must select a person to be in charge of collecting and storing food during the plentiful years so when the seven years of famine come, we can give them back to the people, replied Joseph. Pharaoh said, Joseph, I believe you are the right man for this job. I will make you governor of Egypt. Years later, when the famine has taken over Egypt and many surrounding cities, a group of Canaanites come looking for food to Egypt. These men come to, to where Joseph was. They bow down to Joseph and ask him for some food and grain to feed their families back in Canaan. Joseph recognized these men as his brothers, but they didn't recognize Joseph. Joseph asks them about their father and if they have any other family. They replied that they had a younger brother and their father, Jacob, back home. Joseph asked them to come back and this time bring their younger brother. When the brothers return to Egypt, Joseph is so happy to see them that he weeps and tells them, I am Joseph, your brother. The brothers become scared as they thought for sure Joseph would punish them for what they had done to him many years ago. 
But Joseph asks them to come close to him. He hugs them and tells them, Do not be afraid, for God brought me to Egypt so your lives could be saved. I forgive you all. We have also learned a Bible verse in sign language, so we will share that with you. Thank you. And that's what our kids have learned throughout this uh, past quarter, to uh, also be servants to others, but also forgive and to learn to be forgiven as well. I hope you enjoyed. personally don't think we need a sermon now. We've been hearing wonderful messages. Thank you guys. Thank you for sharing with us the story of Joseph. What a beautiful story of how God has everything in control. Regardless of the condition, the situation, the moment of your life, whatever you're experiencing right now, God has a plan. If it's not a good ending, it's not the end yet. Because God has an end, and it's very well for every one of us. God has a purpose for your life. Thank you for your word. That's the title of the message today. And I think it's one of the... When I get to preach, I often say that it's not as difficult... To preach for the adult and to preach for the kids. Those are the hardest sermons I, I get to preach because they're the greatest audience. And they'll tell you right away, hey, you're boring. Don't, don't talk to us that way. You, you. So today I'm preaching to them. And I want you to also listen to what God has to say to you. Thank you for your word. That's the title of the message. And that's what we are sharing this month. The concept, the theme. Thank you. And the first thing we need to remember is that God has given us his word. And his word is there for us to be instructed, to get hope, to have peace, to have knowledge of what's to come. To never forget what he has done in the past. Oh, how many of us tend to forget things? Oh, I'm among those who are now easy to forget. Especially the good things. We tend to remember the bad things a lot. Oh, pastor, when I went to your church, no one said hi to me. When was that? 20 years ago. So you should forget about that. That was 20 years ago. You, you can't hold on to those things any longer. So be 
wise and learn to remember the good things of life. Let me say that again. Learn to remember the good things of life. The good things that God is doing in your life. Don't forget those things. Don't allow the enemy to take away those good memories that God has given you. So today, we are going to go through the word of God and to listen to uh, an advice that Moses gave his people. But before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. Let's pray together, guys. Heavenly Father, please help us to remember Help us to never forget how good you've been with us in the past. So we may have hope and a future in the present. As we open your word, we ask you to please be with us. Send your spirit that we may continue to learn as we have learned this morning already. Thank you for the beautiful message our kids have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Israelites were a group of people who, although they, they, I'm sure they had great memory, it seems that as humans, we tend to remember not only the bad things. This is interesting. Not only do we remember most the bad things, the traumas that we go in life, the, the, the sour moments of life, those, those moments where we fell under stress, where we felt like our life was going to be taken or we were afraid and scared. And it seems that they seal with the neurons and, and, and with our brain cells that every moment we go in life and something negative has to do with it, gets sealed in our brains and comes come back to us very quickly. Every time we're put into the same stress, that memory returns. Have you noticed that? I can ask you about your childhood and probably... Your memory will say, oh, I remember something bad happened to me, Pastor, when I was, that was 50 years ago. What about good things that happened to you? Well, I remember those. You know, it's interesting. We tend to forget the good things, and we tend to remember more the bad things. In the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, God is talking to his people, and he's giving them an advice that we have to remember as well. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9. Listen to the words Moses is sharing with the people of Israel. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. <laughs> because we tend to forget. <laughs> we tend to forget. I, I, was, I, I remember studying for exams at times, and I would be the type of kid that wouldn't go home and pay attention to the books. I have to admit, I, I wouldn't be the, I know we have some teachers here, and I'm sorry, probably not the best example of that, but I would always ask questions while I was in the classroom, always ask all the questions I could, and then forget about the class until the day of the exam would come and I would probably review 10, 15 minutes prior to the exam, and that's it. Later on in life, talking to a friend who's a psychologist, he said, what you're doing is wrong. It's better to be a constant student to study a little bit every single day than to memorize something and then forget about it. 
because eventually it will be gone. And it's true. The more we spend time in the Bible, the more we remember what God has done for us. We might be good at memorizing a Bible verse one day, but if we don't continue to acknowledge or to go back to it, we will forget. Now, Moses is talking to the children of Israel and said to them, repeat them again and again to your children. Now, we're talking about children here. And I want to ask you guys, how many of you remember your whole Bible verse that you learned this morning? You remember the Bible verses you were learning this morning? I know you do. I know you do because right now they are fresh in your memory. But I'm going to ask you next week <laughs> and see if you remember them. How about that as a challenge? You like that challenge? Come back this week and we ask you again the same Bible verse if you remember. We have some pictures here. And I want to talk to you about some animals that do have a very, very big memory. They are great animals and they are amongst the, the, the animals that have the most memory in the planet. Now look at this picture because this is interesting. I want to tell you about this wonderful animal. You tell me what it is. What is it? A dolphin. Hey, a dolphin has a great memory because they are able to recognize their friends. They have a social memory. That's what it's called, or at least that's how they do it. These are social and playful animals. And they can remember even the fishermen or the boats that were close to them when they were young or little. They can remember other dolphins. And they are able to socialize with them and make friends. Isn't it great? A dolphin, they have one of the most or, or one of the strongest memories we know in animals. Amazing animals. Let's look at the next one. Let's see if you know this one. An elephant. Do you think an elephant has a good memory? Some people say you have a memory of an elephant. Have you heard that before? They have great memories. Elephants have a way to connect. They can remember up to 30 animals of their family members or friends. They can remember up to 30 different kinds, especially other elephants. And they have a map in their brain that they are able to know where the other 30 are located. They can go out for pasture and they can go out to eat. And while they're eating, they know exactly where their friends are. They can map out in their brain up to 30 different one of them. Isn't that amazing? A great memory, an elephant. I mean, it has a big brain. Of course, it has a big head, right? But it's a great animal that tells us how to remember. They can even remember voices of people. So they might know if, the, if someone caused them pain, they will remember that person. Since a young age and years can pass without listening to that voice. And 20 years later, they can remember that exactly tone of voice. Isn't that amazing? What God created in, 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 the, in the animals. Now, the next one. Let's look at the next one. Oh, you can't see it properly. What do you think it is? Any idea? It's a whale. It's a whale. Man, whales are awesome. And they also have a good memory. They must need a good memory if they're swimming all over the ocean. Why do you think a whale would need a good memory? Because they can get lost in the ocean. They can get lost in the ocean, of course. They have to remember... How to go back south and the route they need to take to make it there safely. 
Some fishermen have said that they, they can sense that the whales can actually remember those big shipments where they have to avoid them so they don't get caught by them. It's amazing, these animals, how they can remember the whole ocean, which is big. And they know exactly where to go every single year as the cold streams come north and as how they have to head south. Another animal that has great, great memory. Let's look at the other one. Let's see if you know a little bit of this one. What is it? That's an octopus. An octopus is known as one that has half a billion neurons. It's a great animal and it has a lot of memory in itself. They are so smart that they can remember different colors and they can camouflage. Have you noticed how they can camouflage? Now the interesting part is that a, a, an octopus, out of the eight arms that it has, it is known that they have memory on its own. Each arm has a memory cell or, or, or brain cells to, to, to say, and I'm not a, a, a biologist in this or, or anyone that knows exactly what they go through, but as I was reading about them, it says that each arm has a way to recognize things and memorize them. Isn't that amazing? An octopus, they are great animals, their texture, they can match the texture of their environment. If they are in a soft or grainy terrain, they can match that and they can remember how to touch that, how to sense that. Let's look at the next animal. Let's see if you know this one. Oh, what is that? What is it? It's a monkey, it's a chimpanzee. These animals are great. You know what is known about these animals? It is known that they can remember numbers even faster than humans. They are known to have a very great photographic memory. They can remember people. They can remember places and they can remember sounds. Even after years of not being in the same place, they would remember and they are fast learners. They learn very fast. What about the next one? Some of us might have something like that similar. Do we have another picture? Oh, who knows about horses? Hey, we have some horse lovers here. Do horses remember the place where they were grown, they, they were born? Do they remember people? It's known that they can pass 20 years without seeing the same person. And they can easily remember their voice. And they can remember who treat them, who treat them well. And who didn't? They are, they are good with memory. And they can remember how to return their home and how to go back to the place they need to be. I have another one that is not there. It's not a picture. But I know you, go, you, you, you must know about them. What about dogs? Do dogs have good memory? How come? How do you know they have good memory? We have one, but how, do, how, do, how can you tell dogs have a good memory? They can remember. They can remember your voice and how you smell. They can remember years after they haven't seen someone by their way of smelling and the voice. Beautiful creatures. Now, all of this tells us that at some point, God created animals that were able to remember. Therefore, 
We are blessed by having them in our needs, in our nature. But God also told humans, you must remember something very, very specific. You must never forget. What is it that we must, we must never forget as creatures of God, as being part of his creation? What is it that we will always remember? Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road. When you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. The word of God is to be remembered by each one of us every single day. Why? Why would it be important for me to remember the promises of God in today's time? Why is it necessary for me not to forget? Why is it important that I may not lose sight of who God is in my life? Why is it important for me to remember the promises that God has given me? Why would that be important for me to remember? Why? Well, I tell you. Oftentimes, we tend to forget that God is looking out for us. I remember telling you this story, but let's see if you remember it. There was a guy who was walking on this highway. And listen, God is always looking at us. And this guy was walking on the highway with his dad. And as they are walking on this highway, they can see these fence, wide fence, going along the road. And as they look over the fence, they can see that there's some chickens and some ducks on that side of the fence. And guess what? They wanted to. You think that's good? Probably not. But they said, look, we are going to grab them. We are going to take those chickens and we're going to take those dogs. So you're going to be my help. You're going to help me to get those out. Would you help? If somebody was to tell you, can you help me to get those out? Would you help? Why? Because the word of God says you shall not steal. We wouldn't know that unless we knew the word of God. We wouldn't know that unless we were to remember his word. The minute we forget his word is the minute we start doing things that we should have never done in our lives. And that goes for every one of us. As soon as we forget what the Lord has said on his word, we will start acting, doing, and working, and living as there is no God. Therefore, I should be able to do whatever I want with my life. Have you heard that before? No one should say anything to me because I can do whatever I want. with. No, you can't. The word of God says what we should do with our lives. It's a manual to our, to our, to our lives. It's, in, it's the instruction so we may know how to live accordingly and peacefully. Well, the story says that as they were walking along the highway and they saw the fence that it was a little high, the dad told his son, you're going to help me. So you better be ready. Come, Lucas, uh, Luis, uh, Lucas, Lucas, come this way. You're going to help me. You want to help? No, you don't want to help because you remember God's word now. You want to help, Sophia? Uh, you also don't. Well, well, let's just pretend, okay? We're only going to pretend. You want to come? Yes or no? Yes, okay, come over here. 
<sighs> so this is a daughter-son thing. They were walking on the fence, and you stay there looking. And the dad says, I'm going to climb up the fence. I'm going to go up the fence, and I want you to tell me if you see anyone coming on the road. You have to shout really loud so I don't get caught. Because we are going to take some of those chickens out. So you better tell me if somebody's coming down the road. And you pay attention to that direction and that direction. Is that clear? Yes. The story says that the son looked at it. I said, okay, daddy, okay. I'm going to help you with that. And he started climbing up the fence. And the story says that he started going up. And as he was going up, Sophia kept looking to the right and to the left. And she kept looking each direction to see if there were any vehicles coming or anybody walking. You may go say now. As the person was climbing up that fence, the girl shouted, Stop! So loud that the dad almost fell on the ground. And he said, well, what's going on? Why are you so loud? You should have told me, like, what's going on? What's happening? Have you heard yourself when you, when you shout really loud? What does your daddy say when you're screaming at home? Oh, I can only tell because my daughter screams really loud sometimes. Very little times, not too many times. But the daddy went down and said, what happened? Tell me what's going on. What went wrong? Who's coming? And as he looked to the right, he couldn't see anyone coming. And as he looked to the left, he couldn't see anybody coming. And he said, why would you tell me to stop? We were almost there. We were almost about to grab some chickens. Why would you tell me to stop? And the daughter and the guy said, well, look, when I looked to the right, I couldn't see anybody. And when I looked to the left, I couldn't see anybody. But when I looked up, I know God was watching us. And the daddy remembered that God said, you shall not steal. See, the reason why we should never forget God's word is because there are promises there that would help us to stay safe without getting ourselves into trouble. There is one enemy who's always going to try to make you forget. There is one enemy who's always going to try to make you forget. And as soon as you open his word, he's going to make you go to sleep. He's going to say, well, this is boring. This is not as fun as Roblox. Uh, who knows about Roblox? Huh? Oh, yeah, we got people here know about Roblox. And, and, and it's not as fun and it's not as, as, as interesting, you know. It's not as excited because God's word sometimes looks like it's not interesting. But I tell you. When you pay attention to his word, and we, when you start eating it and digging more on it, the more treasures will come out of there. And more and more will be shown unto you. The more we remember, the happier we will be. We as a church need to be reminded that we shall be thankful. We should be thankful for his word. Where would our lives be if it wasn't for his word? Where would you be today if it wasn't because he left you a letter full of love and kindness only to you? It is important for me to listen by someone else's experience what they've learned about God. But nothing can compare to what I experience when I myself dwell in his word. There is a love letter written for you there. 
And for time, he's been waiting for you to read it. He's been waiting for you to open it. He's been longing for you to take some time to listen to what he has said about you. How much he loves you. How much he cares for you. How much he's willing to give you what the enemy has taken from you. Yet every time we get close to his word, there are these thoughts that bring uh, these memories back saying, Hey, don't waste your time. Maybe the word is obsolete now. Maybe it's not as relevant for your life. Maybe what the word knows about your problem. But let me tell you, if you give it a chance, you will not be disappointed. If you take a chance on God's word, you will not be disappointed. God has given hope. To each one of us, especially in times like this, that we may remember that he is in control no matter what we are going through. So families, it is our privilege to teach them again and again to our children that they may never forget. There is something important. It is known that when we learn something, We get to accumulate that knowledge. But learning is not ultimately finished until we are able to teach that to someone else. The process of learning comes in two ways. First, I take, I uh, indulge in it, I learn from it, I enjoy it. But the next part of it is as important as being able to take it in, which is now giving out to someone else as you are able to find hope in his word now you are required to give it out to somebody else may God bless us today as we share with others about his great great love now this morning we have a new family in our uh, a new member of our church family coming to be dedicated to God And this is Bowden Will. And I want to ask Matthew and Lauren to come up here. And the whole family may come. Come come with, with them, guys. Because when we present a baby to God, it is a whole family coming together for this. And when we talk about family, you and I are included. It takes a village to raise a kid. And definitely takes a whole community church to build a relationship to build families together. Someone said the number of kids that we have in our kindergarten class. Does anyone remember? 15. Isn't that looking amazing? 15. That means that we have a great blessing, but also a great challenge. And the challenge it is for us to learn to pray, to intercede for them, to support them. For this kid, I prayed. Wonderful worlds, words that were shared. And uh, I remember giving uh, Matthew and Lauren uh, their premarital classes just a year ago, over a year ago now. And, and as we were working in, in, in our office, once a week we were meeting, the thought of having a family in the future was there always. But now Bowden is here, and he's been a blessing to this wonderful family, and I love them. I, I see them as, as, as my, you know, friends, and I, I love Bowden so much. And I just want to ask you to pray for Bowden. Pray for his parents. You, you might see parents coming to church, and they are happy, you know, they bring their kids to church. But it's a challenge. 
as every one of us has gone through that. And what you and I can do in moments like that is to support them, to give them a break. Can I carry your baby for a little bit while you take a, a, a you know, a little bit of oxygen? <laughs> it's, it's needed at times. It's, it's, it's necessary. And I think our church is beautiful, beautiful, uh, being adorned by all these wonderful kids we have. Now, as you have heard this morning, our biggest responsibility is to teach them, to bring them to the Lord. And that's the only place where we'll find wisdom. There is no better book. There is no better strategy. There is no better uh, workshop that you may attend to where you will learn how to guide your children than to bring them to his word. Allow Jesus to help you. He's more than willing to be with you guys. May God bless you. And now as we present voting, we want to pray over him and we want to ask the Lord to bless him. Only the Lord knows what he's going to be, but I know he's going to be something great because he has a plan for everybody. And he thought of voting when he brought him to this world. Let's have a word of prayer. May I carry him? Oh, Bowden, come here. <laughs> we will kneel down and we would like you to pray with us as we present voting before the Lord. Heavenly Father, what a blessing is to carry this child. The miracle of life, the miracle of hope and joy in a world full of despair. We can see your hand working powerfully in our midst. And now you bless Lauren and Matthew with a baby child in their hands. We pray, Lord, that you will give them your wisdom. That your love will be in their midst. And they will learn to rely on you completely as they guide Bowden to your heavenly place. Lord, we ask you to please bless our children, especially voting this day. As we present him, we do it having faith that in your hands, he will be a blessing to this world. May you use him powerfully. And as he grows, may he grows in grace and good willing before men and God. Thank you for the church family. Thank you for his grandparents, his aunt, who are here with him. May you help him in every step of the way. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. We have a beautiful gift for you guys. And the first gift we give our children at our church, it's a Bible. Their very first Bible will be given to them. So Bowden may learn his ways. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So you must commit to yourselves, commit yourselves whole, wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up.
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. Put them in your cell phone. Put them in your refrigerator. Make sure they are on the screen of your, of your car. Make sure they go wherever you go where your iPad is. Put it in any device you might have that every time you get to see them, you are reminded that God is with you and that his word is the one to guide you. May God bless you today. Let's have a word of prayer as we finish our service this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for not leaving us stranded. Thank you for taking the time to write a letter of love to each one of us. Thank you for the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us hope in times of trouble. Thank you for our children. That although the enemy is doing almost the impossible to take them away. You are much greater, much bigger who is able to save. And who is taking care of them. We pray that you will continue to bless the work of our teachers. Here locally and also in our local school. That you will guide them with your spirit. That they will know that the one person they are to present before them constantly is Jesus Christ. We pray for our parents. For the families that are represented here. For those children that are here today and those that couldn't come. Especially those that don't come that often. We ask for a special blessing upon them. That your Holy Spirit will will continue to work on their hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives. And thank you for reminding us again that in order for us to know how to live peacefully and abundantly, we must remember your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.